is where the party is at. We love hearing speakers at our meetings and wanted to continue the conversation and dig a little deeper. So we came up with the Chapel Mops After Party Podcast. Your hosts, Barkley and me, Summer. Yes, welcome. We're glad you're here listening. So we had something really special happen. What was that? Um, on Monday. Yes, my birthday. It was fun. I enjoy birthdays. I like a big birthday weekend week. The more I can be celebrated. <laughs> I think this birthday week is is a week and a half long. I know. We're going to keep it going. Let's just keep we have going. A, yeah. We had to kind of extend the celebration because we have a lot going on right now. So. And what was your favorite part about your birthday? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I think my favorite part was, so I'm not a cake fan. And I came home from work and my oldest had made me uh, edible cookie dough. And just surprised me. Like, knew I didn't like cake. So we stuck a candle in it and sung to me over my cookie dough. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That was my favorite. And And you had some special visitors. I had my parents here. That'd probably be also a favorite. Dad making sure you had to say that. But yes, my parents are here, which... But where are they from? They're from Colorado. And normally we get a visit around my daughter's birthdays. But this year I got to have them because we had dad out to Mops this week. That is, It so, was awesome. We had was. him yesterday and he spoke on legacy and the Mops moms were just over the top about his message. Yes. So we brought him into the studio. So we yes. have him here today. Hello, Hello Craig. There. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. Craig Glass coming to you from Colorado. Um, in case you haven't watched it on our Instagram page, which is called the Chapel Mops After Party. Um, go back and watch dad's message. It is on there for you to view. Um, we'll talk a little bit about it today, but I'd love for you to hear the full thing. So if you haven't watched, go back and watch. But so Craig, we would like to know about you. Can you tell us about your family first? Sure. Yeah. Um, my wonderful wife, Burl and I will be celebrating our 46th anniversary in two months. Wedding anniversary. Yep. Three kids. Barkley's our first. Favorite, maybe? And Just ooh, kidding. Not wow. Favorite, but I first. Do your brothers <laughs> listen to this? Married to Vince. Need to know. It's okay. Our son, Alec, and our son, Connor, married to Bonnie. Aww. And then we've got five granddaughters and a grandson. Finally got the boy. We have a lot That's of girls. Awesome. Yep. yep. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And tell us about your ministry. Sure. I lead a ministry to men called Peregrine. Ministries. Most people have no idea what peregrine means. Some know it's a kind of falcon, fastest creature in the world, flies 200 miles an hour, mates for life, defends the nest, repels all threatening other birds. And so I like all of those images. I Mm -hmm. think it's cool. It's a raptor. Um, I love all of that. But uh, discovered that peregrine in Latin means pilgrim. Oh, my goodness. Uh, On a physical journey with a spiritual destination is Mm -hmm. how I like to refer to a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. And so in my ministry with men, that's that's what I'm on. That's what all the guys I talk to are on. And in fact, you are. All of our listeners are on some kind of a pilgrimage, Mm -hmm. a physical journey with a spiritual destination. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. So I do one-on-one mentoring coaching, guiding men. I lead small group discussions and studies, but mostly I do um, a weekly message, a group with men, about 100 men in person and another 120 men or so by video. Mm -hmm. And I do teaching, usually guide us through some kind of a Christian book about the role of men in society and our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kinds of things I do. It's amazing. It's also interesting just to see the two of you because I'm the one who's not the family member in this room. <laughs> yes. Okay. So to see your passion around men mm. and then to see your daughter's passion around moms yeah. is really cool to see yeah. how God works. How was it different that. talking 
with a group of women yesterday <laughs> as opposed to a group of men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, curious. I, really, I, I had to the flip the switch. Nursing bra stories, maybe? Yes. I don't normally hear those okay. that often. Uh, I definitely had to flip the switch because the principles I talked to or talked about were the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the stories or how I related them, I tried my best to look through the lens of a... Of, of a woman or a young mom in particular, yeah. as opposed to just guys like me. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so I loved it. I mean, yeah. I really enjoyed being there and felt honored yeah. by you guys to invite me and have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to speak yeah. with them. It was really cool yesterday when you were talking about women and how relational they are. Yeah. yeah. And how MOPS, you know, works well in that relational aspect. But for men, yeah. it's difficult. It is. Um, authors that I've read, things that I've learned from them are that all of us, men and women, long for two primary deep things in our lives, to be loved Mm -hmm. and to be respected. Mm -hmm. All of us want to be loved Mm -hmm. and respected. Mm -hmm. And all of us are in some kind of a spectrum, a scale there. But by and large... Women really lean toward love and relationship very, very instinctively. Mm -hmm. And men lean toward wanting respect and achievement and accomplishment Mm -hmm. instinctively. It's not like no women do or no guys are loving at all. No, it's a spectrum. But by and large, that's how we lean. And so I've, I've learned over the years that you women have the intuitive ability to connect and to relate, and and as I said yesterday, women gather, <laughs> men scatter. But hurting when, cats? Like hurting cats. Yeah, I thought yes. that was so funny. Just not quite as entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or another way of saying it, women rapport. They connect mm-hmm. with one another. Men, without guidance, report. Oh, they exchange information. Yeah. I know this. Because I've been doing it for a while, and I've been a guy for a while. Right. And so I know what this feels like for men. So for me, one of the, the primary things I try to do is, for sure, communicate respect and honoring men and, and talking about sports and accomplishment and work and things like that, but guide them into the territory that we're not as intuitive about mm-hmm. that women really get, mm-hmm. and that's relationship. Oh, that's awesome. I know, right? Oh, and we wanted to ask, have you share your Enneagram yes. number so people can get that side of you? What is your yes. Enneagram number? I'm a recovering one. A recovering one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am a one. I, I actually more often say I'm a recovering perfectionist. You know, all of the Enneagram numbers, you guys know, and I know you've yeah. said this to your listeners, they all have strengths mm-hmm. and glory yeah. because mm-hmm. it's God designed and we all have vulnerabilities and yes. woundedness. That we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I'm, I'm a one, but like I told you earlier, my first exposure to Enneagram was when I worked for a mission agency 30 years ago. That is fascinating. It is. I'm yeah. curious what their Well, take we was, were in the or... process of trying to understand for the missionary candidates we were training, mm-hmm. pre-field training before they went overseas, in the process of trying to understand how best to build teams that were effective, and make wise decisions about which people were ready to go into cross-cultural ministry and which ones were not. Okay, Mm. that makes sense. And so we worked with Christian counselors from Wheaton College in that process, and that may well be where we heard about the Enneagram. I honestly don't even remember, but I know for sure it was 30 years ago. And helping in the team-building exercise not just using things like Taylor Johnson or Myers-Briggs or the Mm -hmm. DISC, but Enneagram, Mm -hmm. helping us to understand what strengths do we bring and what liabilities and vulnerabilities do we bring. And back then, I... I thought I was a three, six, or nine, or I could talk myself into a one or an eight, too, honestly, yeah. depending yeah. on the setting. But over time, it, it took me a while to realize um, I'm a one. And it was along with the help of other people who knew me well to give me feedback. Yeah, yeah Craig, mm-hmm. you're a one. Yes, yes. We see this in you. Yeah, yeah. It's somebody knew me journey. before I did. Yes, I knew Barclays so. before she knew Barclays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it does. It it takes a, it's a journey to it get is. there. Yeah, yeah, right. So... 
And sometimes it's, I mean, when I found out my number, I cried because I was like, I don't want to be this number. That's often the way it is, mm-hmm. from what I read. Right. Uh, in fact, I've read some authors referring to it saying, if you really resist being a certain number, there's a good chance that's that you what are. you are. And it's right. not that, I don't think it's because nine's a bad number, no. or no, I no. think it's because then you see some of those vulnerabilities. That's it. Here you are. Yep. That's yeah. It. And then you when know? it describes yeah. your yeah. inner workings, then it's like, it's yeah hard you to feel see sometimes, seen, but it's also like oh this this is hard hard yeah. Yeah. so and yeah. some of the other numbers you automatically know it's not you yeah. right oh my goodness and, and that yes. makes it a whole lot easier yeah. it's the the ones that are kind of borderline that's a little yeah. bit tougher yes. to determine yeah do you know which side you wing in your one uh, where I like to move is the positive aspects of seven oh that's when yeah, I'm when woo, I'm woo. in a, and then you a, had a good seven daughter. Place. <laughs> And a part of that is just because of what I do in terms of my work and communication and relating and things like that. But that's mm-hmm. when I'm in a strength, it's that direction. When I'm uh, working out of liability, it leans toward four. Mm-hmm. But yes. I think you're, the, I would say you wing two, right? I would yes. Say you that yes. Yeah. Right. In terms mm-hmm. of a wing. Yeah, I think that's right. you're definitely a helper. Mm-hmm. But I could have talked myself into being a nine. Peace, really? Yeah, peacekeeper, well, bridge ways. builder, all of those things. I guess you could. Yeah, you ago. could wing that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But what I mean in your ministry, like if like being a one mm-hmm. and what you're doing, I mean that's like that's your giftedness of helping men, yeah. like find out who they are and relating with others, and so that's like awesome right. that you're in a position to. Well, one of help one's others. strengths is being a, like a world changer. Save and save the world and make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've realized that um, to be able to embrace the strength of being a one is high values, Mm. high values. And yes, being a world changer, uh, the... Another way of saying it is Larry Crabb, a Christian author from years ago who's no longer with us, but he used to say, um, I can see something wrong with everything. Yeah. And that's Amen. often the case with a one. Yeah. That would be the that's liability so yeah. or the vault. Oh, There's yeah. something wrong with everything. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about turning that 180 degrees and I see the potential mm. in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And really, I, I, that's how I like to look at it. Yeah. I yeah. see the potential in men. Mm-hmm. It's so evident for me, be, again, because I am one, right. uh, to see the liabilities, the vulnerabilities, the blind spots, all of that stuff. But man, I turn it 180 degrees. This is who we are called to be. Mm-hmm. Want to move in that direction? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, our last speaker shared how she knows like the prayers of her grandma or her parents who are now deceased are still like... Prayers that they said are still living on in her. And I love that. Like even, you know, she's like, I know my grandma prayed for me for this. Mm -hmm. And it's still, and so I think that kind of spoke to legacy. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're talking about today. Um, I wrote down your three points to kind of like hit real quick for those Mm -hmm. who haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your first point about legacy was uh, legacy strikes a chord with all of us. And our lives are not, because our lives are not simply our own. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. First to describe or define a little bit what I mean when I'm talking about legacy, and and you ladies are too. It's not money that you're passing on, your property, your house, or your bank accounts. That's one form of legacy. What we're talking about is your imprint, Mm -hmm. your thumbprint, your influence in other people's lives, what lives in other people after we are gone. That's legacy. And so uh, the first point is uh, um, this all strikes a chord with all of us. We we like to believe and we do embrace, I would like to live my life in such a way that it affects other people later. Mm -hmm. It's the story I've written in my life that other people now remember. That's the first point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one was to think through the legacy you want to pass on. Why do we need to think through? Yeah, because if we don't pay attention to it, we will tend to automatically pass on not just neutral patterns and good habits and traditions, but brokenness and woundedness, bad habits, bad things that we have picked up from our our family story. Mm -hmm. If we don't think about what legacy do I want to pass on, we will automatically 
just go with whatever we learned and picked up. And I thought we'll that pass was that important because I bet it's a lot of, especially busy young moms, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't know, don't have time or no. the energy or the space to through. think that. No. Right. But to hear like, but you need to, mm-hmm. otherwise, and you refer to it as junk will be passed on because we'll mention that later in our questions. So That's right. I think yeah. that was important to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the last one you talked about was the importance of community. Yeah, and there is, I'd like to use hope for mm-hmm. that. The, the second one is, is a word of conviction. Hey, if we're not paying attention, inertia will just keep on going and we'll just pass on whatever we got. Mm-hmm. The third point is our legacy can be transformed. There is hope for every one of us. We don't automatically have to pass on performance orientation like what I referred mm-hmm. to. Um, and often the way that God uses us to grow and change and be transformed is in relationship, mm-hmm. community with other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a verse that says, as iron sharp, sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When we rub against each other, we discover, oh, there's a lot of rust on me. There's some uh, dross. There's mm-hmm. some bad spots that could be sharpened. That's in community. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we learn that stuff when we're just in isolation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I think a lot are right now or have been the last two years. And so, yeah, we've been forced into it. Yeah, so we're trying to encourage our moms and our listeners that how important it is to find your people. Yeah. Yes, so definitely. That's why we love MOP so much. Yes. Mm. I think, too, it's like with community, it's sometimes, you know, like with Barkley and I and other friends, it's like there's something in them that you want to better yourself in, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like to model that and mm-hmm. to see that and to be drawn to that and that community, it's like you're you're helping each other grow. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're really strong in this area, I'm really strong in this area, and so we can challenge and like help each other to yeah. to grow in that. So I think that's great to be able to intentionally see people in our lives that we want to hang around, yes. yeah. not just coincidentally, mm-hmm. because we're neighbors, or I work with this guy, mm-hmm. or there's he's the guy I go to the sports games with, but we actually want to hang around so that they might influence us yes. in a positive way. And our kids. For yes. sure, you know? and our yeah. kids. So. Um, so we talked about the junk that can be unintentionally passed down, and you shared mm-hmm. uh, like valuing too much what other people think of you. Can you right. share maybe some other junk that sure. people, maybe they're not aware of that they could be unintentionally passing. Yeah, but just to say another sentence or two about the, the valuing. In my family growing up, uh, we paid way too much attention to what other people thought about us. There's some value in that. You want to think through the impression that you're making or what's appropriate in society or in friendships. But we paid way too much attention and I, I can't possibly number the, the amount of times that I heard one of, my, one of the voices, one of the parental voices in my life saying, Craig, you can't do that. Mm. What would people think? Mm. No, you can't wear jeans to church. What would people think? Mm-hmm. Just to pick one example, countless yeah. times. And so the influence on me for that was everybody's watching and paying attention and giving you a grade about everything. That becomes overwhelming. That's not good. But other sources of junk. um, I'll just call that one high performance orientation. Is that 100% bad? No. You want to be a good athlete. You want to be a good student. You want to be a good person. But it's falling for the suspicion that this now defines me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, things like impatience or a bad temper. The family we grew up in is always on edge. Well, we bring that into the marriage and the next family we have. Mm-hmm. Um, an emphasis on uh, judging other people, evaluating who they are just by how they look or how they're dressed or what they say, viewing other people as objects rather than as human beings. That's a piece of junk. Mm -hmm. And we do that a lot in our society. Mm -hmm. Men judging women, assuming women are all like my mom, Mm -hmm. or the reverse, Mm -hmm. judging the other gender by what we were exposed to in our family of origin. That's junk. Mm -hmm. Getting wrapped up in our culture's priorities, 
of wealth mm-hmm. and fame, mm-hmm. uh, that's junk. There are countless examples of junk, mm-hmm. I think, if we really pay attention. Junk meaning this is not entirely healthy, and I was immersed in it growing up, right. whether in my family or my church or my schools or the culture, mm-hmm. and we have to evaluate all of those. Mm-hmm. What do I want to embrace and pass on? What do I want to say? I'm the last generation that does that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I like it. Like when you were talking through, I, I had this, um, so I have three girls and one boy. Mm-hmm. And all of our friends had girls and I had the one boy. And I remember yeah. getting upset with my son because he wasn't behaving the way my girls were behaving, or it, <laughs> all, all the girls. Yeah. My son is doing circles around them. He's like hitting Bella with a hammer, a yeah. pretend hammer, yeah. plastic hammer. Toy hammer. You know, like <laughs> she's crying. I'm like, and I remember feeling it's kind that. of boy stuff. Yeah, yeah, boy stuff. But I grew up with sisters, and I yeah. remember my dad saying, "Hey, I see, like I, you know, like my girls will act this way." And and it wasn't. It's not that I was, you know, like I understand what my dad was saying, but I was like. But you've never had a son, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so until yeah. until That's don't amazing. judge until you have exactly. You don't know. So this is normal. This is for normal. A boy. And so yeah, I see him in pictures with you guys and all of your daughters yeah. Yeah. and Anderson. friends. Yeah, poor Anderson. The, but, lo- the lone wolf. He keeps saying he'll like it someday, but yes. But I think it was like I finally came to the realization: it's about his heart somewhere. Yeah. It's not about his behavior. Yeah. And yeah. so, does he have a good heart? Is mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. think about so. Yes, when you were sharing the story about Barkley at uh, Mops with yeah. the story of wanting, you know, her to the, the perfection of the <laughs> behaving and the, right. yes. Right. So yeah. that's the only example that's of that. The though. Only, I you were a very good girl, I'm sure. Angelic child. Right? I was angelic. <laughs> Why are you Sorry, laughing? Sorry, that, that was humor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so we're talking about like the junk you passed down to your families, and I was curious. Um, what were some of the things that you loved that grandpa and grandma oh, passed down man. to you? Um, people ask me about my dad. What was he like? Um, kind mm-hmm. is what I would call my dad. Kind. And my mom was also kind, but she was so loving. She just effused love with you kids, oh, the grandkids. She was the best to buy presents for because it could be like a broken crayon. And she'd be like, this is the best crayon ever. She doesn't remember. She got one last year too. No, uh, she was the best. She loved everything. She loved everything you did. But I'd like to say something about kindness, especially in men, if you don't Mm -hmm. mind. Because I talk about this with men periodically. Sometimes we don't, we aren't willing to accept being kind as a manly mm. attribute. And I feel very strongly the opposite. It's a very powerful attribute. To me, the one I don't care for is nice. Mm. Uh, I remember being raised, and here in the message, you might think poorly of my parents now with a few of these stories I'm telling, <laughs> Craig, be nice, be nice. Mm. To me, nice is make sure the highest priority for you is just to get along, don't rock the boat. Yeah. Don't say anything offensive. Be nice. Mm. I got immersed in that. What I've learned over time and what I really deeply believe is nobody described Jesus as nice. Anybody who met Jesus later on, you ask them, hey, what'd you think about Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice guy. No, nobody said that. You know what they said? Sorry, this is getting preachy now, but I believe it. They either said, he saved my life. He changed me. He stood up for me. Or they said, got to kill that guy. He's a threat. Got to kill him. What I believe Jesus was, was not nice. He was kind. Mm-hmm. Nice feels wishy-washy to me. Yeah. Kind has backbone and spine. Yeah. Spine. Mm-hmm. It's intentional and it's active. Nice is more passive. Mm-hmm. My dad was kind. Well, and sometimes kind can be doing a hard thing. It's not always oh, or as nice as absolutely. you know. Sometimes Telling the kindest the thing is 
to say the hard thing or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. there's more right. to kind than nice. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah, I would say my dad kind on, is one word and, and grandma uh, to kind too, but wow, is she loving. Mm-hmm. Just Very so loving. Very encouraging parents too. They both were so good at it. Yeah. And you are now. <laughs> mm. oh, you thanks. got that from them. Um, so this, the next question is from one of our moms. Yes. It was a really good question. I, I think you felt like it was a really good question. You, she asked, um, what were your top three values slash morals that you hope to extend in your legacy and why? Yeah, that's a great question. And it honestly didn't immediately come to the surface. But as I think it through, and this reveals, just my answer reveals my values. Um, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a God believer. People who aren't would have rather different values. So I just have to say, mine come out of that. And uh, Jesus was asked at one point, everybody knows this story, what's the most important commandment for us to follow, right? Yeah. What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I would have to say I've adopted that one. Yeah. I, that's, that's number one on the list. Honor and respect and love God with all of the aspects of who I am, with my heart, my feelings, with my mind, what I feed my mind, my soul, how I spend time in feeding my spirit, and my strength, my body. Where do I show up? What do I do with my body? How do I take care of it? That's pretty much how I would like to live my life is that one. And then Jesus' next next sentence said, and love others as yourself. I like to uh, follow that by also saying we do that the same way. We love one another, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So for my love for Barkley or for my wife, Burl, or my kids or any, any of my friends, I want to bring everything about who I am. To loving them well. Mm-hmm. Do I do that? Not that well. Mm-hmm. I've got room to grow, but that would be... You a, do it well. A, thank you. <laughs> that, that would be a high value for me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, because she asked, I think she said, what are the three? I, I, I would have to go back to the verse that I mentioned yesterday. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else Guard your heart because it's the wellspring of your life. Mm-hmm. Above all else, mm-hmm. not 17th, yeah. not mm-hmm. third, yeah. mm-hmm. not when I get around to it. Right. Number one, guard your heart. Mm-hmm. What we expose our hearts to, what we reveal our hearts to, whether we hide them or we uh, bring them into relationship. All of those things, we could talk a lot about what that mm-hmm. means, mm-hmm. but guard your heart, protect it. Be wise about how you bring your heart and how you reveal it and what you expose it to because mm-hmm. it's where everything starts. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the wellspring. Mm-hmm. starts right there. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are the values I aspire to. Right, I like it. Do you think that's, that's a correct answer? I will oh. give you an A. Thank you so much. <laughs> Teacher from a childhood. Plus. A plus. No, that was great. Um, oh, the so one. the next question she asked, have you changed as you've gone through different stages of life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that is a really good question. I know she I asked think, great questions. These are very mm-hmm. good questions. Yeah. I would say this. I... I I think as I was growing up, yes, I was in a Christian family. Yes, I was a believer from childhood. But I pretty much adopted two things. One being, be all you can be. Become everything you you can be. Be smart. Be a good athlete. um, Get some kind of a degree. Get a job. Make money. Provide for your family. And and then you get a gold watch when you retire. Mm. I think that's sort of what I was exposed to in our culture right. as a young guy. And so those were that was the track I was on. Mm-hmm. A second a second one was uh, deeper. Present the good, hide the bad. Mm-hmm. Reveal the impressive, mm-hmm. cover up mm-hmm. the flaws, the weaknesses, the fears, the sins. Wow, was I committed to that, heavily committed to that, especially as a Christian. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'll just tell one story that helped start to change that for me in college. So it lasted for a while. I went to a Christian college. Turns out the same one we went to. You guys went to. <laughs> um, but what I found was I could find any group of guys that would do just about anything I might want to do. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to spend a weekend reading my Bible, studying the concordance and studying Greek, I could probably find a guy to do that with me. Turns out, no, thank you. I didn't want to. (laughs) On the other hand, (laughs) I could find a group of guys that went off campus and got marijuana and, or went drinking and uh, got high or drunk. And I did not do the marijuana option, but for sure I went to some guys' houses and got drunk. And the second semester of my freshman year, one Saturday night, when I was at least, I had overdrunk, I go to church the next morning, and I know it's expected of me in the worship services to stand up and read scripture or to pray. Mm-hmm. And it was a collision of priorities and values. I need to fit in and have fun with the cool guys. I'm a Christ follower and a God worshiper. Collision. Mm -hmm. I had to figure out which guy am I. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the steps in learning. I want to be the same guy in whatever setting I'm in. Mm -hmm. That if um, I went out and had a a beer with you while watching a Bears game, I would be the exact same guy that showed up at church the next morning. Or the guy who leads my kids in a devotion after dinner mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're children. I want to increasingly be the same guy, no matter the setting. Mm-hmm. High, high, high value for me. Yeah. Because I was not that way mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I don't, are there other questions about values here? Because I want to make a statement about values either now or right eventually. Now. Do it, yes. I heard a, um, a great quote Patrick Lencioni, at the Leadership Summit at Willow Creek a number of years ago. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. Don't give people rules to follow. Mm. Give them values to believe in. Mm. Think about that yeah. as a mom yeah. or dad or as a coworker. Don't just tell people, here's the 37 things that you got to do to be a good girl. Here are the five values our family holds up high. Just if you're not sure what to say or what to believe or how to act, just believe those. And it fills in all the blanks. Mm-hmm. Just the five mm-hmm. or ten, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. They're fundamental. They're foundational. They're all-encompassing. We respect other people even when they think differently from us. Yeah. Right. That's one of our values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, then now I know how to treat people of another race, people who speak another language. Their mother tongue is something I don't even understand, and they're stumbling to try to understand English. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have a list of 37 rules to follow. Right. Just that one value mm-hmm. tells me how to live with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think that's profoundly it is significant. Um, one of the other questions a mom sent in, uh, she was wondering about the context of marriage because you're both going to come yes. with different sets of junk yeah. that has been passed down or maybe different valleys you want. How do you come together? Merge together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a great one. Uh, well, I think, first of all, we have to pay attention that we are coming from different context yeah. mm-hmm. and we are bringing both glory mm-hmm. and ruin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blessing and brokenness, both of us. And paying attention. A lot of times people don't even understand that their family had a certain characteristic until they started dating somebody who hung around their family. Maybe you guys heard. Maybe you said, yeah. hey, did you know your family does blank? Well, sure. Doesn't everybody? No, no. no. <laughs> your family is unusual this way. <laughs> Uh, having those kinds of observations mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. conversations with each other, yeah. here's what I see in your family and I love, and I would love for us now as a married couple to pass on, 
but here's here's some junk. Yeah. Here's some brokenness. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, I'd like us to agree that's not continuing to the next generation. I think that's a very, very honest and courageous and humble question to ask. Calling it out and acknowledging it. Yeah. And understanding we all got it. All of our families got it. Both blessing and and, uh, Mm -hmm. some degree of junk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about it. Yeah. What causes you to feel uncomfortable in my family? Mm. You guys don't have any muffler in how you speak to each other. There's no, there's no resistance. Right, right. You just overwhelm well, each other yes. with your opinions. Yes. Could you start to think through before you talk yeah, what right. you're going to say? Just to pick <laughs> don't one have example. To start yelling. We can yeah. And I wouldn't say either my family or Burl's was like that, but that's just an example, just yeah. one. I loved this last part of her question um, about Barkley and how you've raised an amazing daughter Mm -hmm. and so, um, and how she's following Christ and is active in her faith and church and, and loving God. And so um, how, so how did you pass that legacy on to her? Like as a, as a dad? Yeah. And as a mom, um, well, I would just agree. We, we love so much who Barkley is mm-hmm. and what she's doing. And I've known that you guys have been doing mops for a long time. I've known and listened to all of your podcasts. But being with you now and and in the same room and watching you and being present with you right now, I'm, I'm proud of both of you. And Barkley, as my daughter, our first child, I'm, I'm so grateful she is who she is, and that um, what she's the role that she's playing as a mom and a wife, and if I could call it a, a woman mentor, mm-hmm. you too, comes out of the heart. It's who she is. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. You're not faking it. You're not just walking through some kind of a model that you think, this is the way I'm supposed to be because I want dad to like me. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. And so that goes back to the core question there, Summer. I think one of the things that Burl and I learned pretty early on was not to force our kids to fit into a certain mold Mm -hmm. about what we wanted them to be or who we wanted them Mm -hmm. to be, but to identify every one of them as being uniquely (laughs) God-designed. Here again, there's glory. There's absolute glory in who God decided to make Barclay to be and brokenness. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's focus on the glory and speak into that and remind her and tell her who we see her as being. And also, when the time is right, saying, "Hun, this is broken. You're putting too much value on what your friends think of you, and it's causing you to go to bed at night weeping. This is a vulnerability for you. You need to put that aside. Mm. You need to be who you are and let them follow you or decide whether or not they're going to behave like you. Mm -hmm. You be you. Mm -hmm. I think also they were really good at um, letting us decide who we wanted to be. Like Mm. I remember they, like as far as religion, as far as like carrying on faith too. Like I remember when we were at... um, Arlington, there was one point where you said, you get to decide if you go to church with yeah. us or not. And I they let that. us decide. I remember was, that. Oh, my goodness. It was like, yeah, right. We couldn't like actually. I don't think I ever <laughs> took you up on not yeah. going, but yeah. It, yeah. I knew I had the, the choice. choice. Mm-hmm. And it was never forced on us. They mm-hmm. acted out what faith was, and we got to choose if we... I was thinking about that this morning, uh, anticipating some of these questions, that when they were in their senior year in high school, Barkley and Alec and Connor, we let them know, hey, at this point, whether or not you come to church with us is up to you. Why did we do that, Burl and me? Because we know next year, they're going to be making that decision, and we will not be around Let's, let's let them de- make that mm-hmm. decision, and at least we know. Yes. Where are they leaning? What are they choosing? And we still let them decide. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, one or two of them decided eh, not to go to church. <laughs> you got uh, That has to be okay. 
If you tell them it's okay, you yeah. better act like it's okay. And here's another thing I would say, this is so important I think for parenting, is our kids will put far more stake in how we behave behaves the right the wrong word how we act how we live our lives far more stake in that than just what we say we believe right. far more weight mm -hmm. in how we live our lives and how we treat people and what our values clearly are than what we say we think yeah and uh, we've gotten feedback from our kids over the years Basically saying, thanks for doing that. You let us be who we decided to be because we saw you guys being real about who you were. That's awesome. I hope I get those words someday. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't we all? Um, so a lot of people might come from a background with a lot of junk or trauma. How do you go about ch changing that? You said, yeah. let's change that. What is a, yeah. What are some ways we can change that? Yeah, I'm reminded of Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to the world, mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm -hmm. First of all, that, that for, don't just be conformed to either the world or your family or to your friends or your college Buddies, don't just be conformed because mm. that's the easy route to go. Decide you're different. Mm. And being different is an honest reflection on who I am, both in terms of giftedness God has given me and brokenness that I carry. It's an honest self-observation. So that would be the first step to mm. understand I don't want to just be who the world conformed to me to be, the world mm -hmm. being my schools mm -hmm. or the culture around me or my family of origin. Mm -hmm. I want to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And that we referred yesterday to community, being together with other people who are like-minded, have similar values and priorities in life and allowing one another to, to rub off on each other. Yeah. Huh. That, that way of communication that I have, I'm now realizing I keep offending my friends and they let me know. I was really hurt by when you said blank. Oh, I need to change that. I would like to be a person whose words actually bring blessing, not destruction or harm. Mm -hmm. Being together with one another, I, I can't skip the influence of God's word being immersed in reading God's word on a regular basis. I assume a lot of the listeners read the Bible periodically at the very least, but doing it regularly because what I believe about the word is it's sacred mm. and that the word alone actually has an impact, even mm. when we don't understand what we just read. Yeah. The word alone has impact. When I was a college student, somebody, a guy who was mentoring me in a Christian campus ministry said, Craig, I suggest you read a chapter of Proverbs every day because there's 30 of them. Actually, no, there's 31, I think. Mm -hmm. Read one every day. And I did. For those two years, I read a chapter in Proverbs every day. Some of the Proverbs, there's like 43 things that you want to remember, right? right? What if you just keep reminding yourself and they they sink in, yes. they get absorbed, and you start actually living and speaking wisely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or uh, Psalms, mm -hmm. the peace or God's glory that you read about in the Psalms, how can you not read a chapter like Psalm 46 right now without thinking the world is in turmoil, God's in charge. Mm -hmm. That's a way of changing. Mm -hmm. of being renewed and transformed. And then, uh, it, of course, stories in the New Testament, the story of Jesus in John or Romans, the powerful truth in Roman, Romans, absorbing ourselves in those things on a regular mm -hmm. basis has an impact. Yeah. That's how we change mm -hmm. relationships, um, making wise decisions, hanging around people that we actually would like to be like, mm -hmm. who remind us what we actually believe and God's word sinking into us. I was just reading through Judges, and um, it was talking about, you know, the Israelites in the wilderness and 40 years, and then they finally get into the promised land, yeah. and they are naughty. They're so yeah. bad. They yeah. start, like, making idols and doing all the things, and it's, it's because they weren't taught mm. the past. 
And so I'm like looking at this and I, it scares me. I'm, I'm, ra- I'm raising teenagers, right? Mm. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to give them advice or to, you know, just with a legacy because, and sometimes they don't want to listen to you, but yeah. what, <laughs> what advice would you give in like mentoring others and helping influence yeah. the people around you um, in that way? Because I want them in the next generation to be, yeah. And even for mops, like we're looking at mops and how do we continue to keep it going for mm-hmm. long after, after we're, we're gone. Mm-hmm. We're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think as far as MOPS is concerned, people are already picking up from you and your, what do you call the moms? The mentor moms or something? Mentor moms. Mentor moms. They're picking up. They can't help but pick up from you your values and your priorities. Mm -hmm. They can't help. I couldn't help but pick it up yesterday being in the room with you guys. What matters? It's the priorities and the values, and they will pick those things up, and then you give them the opportunity, you pass the baton, Mm -hmm. and then they step into it. Uh, Something that I wanted to say about parenting, Mm -hmm. one of the most important lessons Burl and I learned about parenting, in addition to see who your kids are and speaking into that, elevating that, releasing that, celebrating that, Um, a book we read a long, long time ago when our kids were teenagers, Parenting Adolescence. And here's the one thing above all else that we remembered, and it was allowing your kids to experience the consequences of their choices rather than protecting and buffering and excusing and allowing and making up for or ignoring when our kids make poor decisions, Uh, we got to rescue them in in that choice, rather than doing that, allowing them to experience the consequences. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready for school, when the bus shows up, you're not getting a ride. I had Mm -hmm. to fight this lesson yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) I'm like thinking, because, I mean, it's not as intense, but... Um, and I think helicopter parenting is a very big thing, and we struggle. Yes. I struggle with it a lot. In our generation, mm-hmm. yeah, because you're just you know you yeah. don't want your kids. To, uh, yesterday, Bryn forgot her lunch, and I went back and forth about like, do I bring it to her? Do I not bring it to her? Do I bring it? And I was like, yeah. it's hard too because you know generally she's good and responsible. But so I was I'm like, on the side going, she's she. Yeah, gonna- I asked. I'm like, should I? And she's like. She's a nine. This is out of her. This is hard for. This and I was is like, hard for her. Well, to, should, should I bring? She's yeah. shaming herself right and now. You like, should just. And I was like, yeah. but uh, the other side was like, no, she'll never forget it again. Like, mm. learn, let her yes. suffer with. The, and so and you I got to think. Through, I didn't bring it, but it killed me inside. Good, I think you made a wise decision there. You got to think through who she who is she going to be at twenty nine. Yeah. Who's going to save her life then? Yeah. Um, and this author made the distinction of not just allowing kids to experience consequences, but of course being wise about it too. There are some, you let them experience the natural consequences. If you don't make your own lunch, you're going to be hungry for dinner. Wow. Because yeah. I'm not bringing it. Mm-hmm. That's a natural consequence. Mm-hmm. Then there are um, logical consequences. Hey, your job is to feed the dog this week. Well, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to feed the dog. Well, you can't let the dog die. Right. That would be the natural <laughs> consequence. You do the logical consequence. Yeah. If you don't follow through on responsibilities, you lose some freedoms mm-hmm. or some some rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the consequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so... I think you asked to share some favorite times or memories from, yes. and the and next question was an embarrassing story. So I'm, I'm thinking some of his favorite memories are of me. Of course. Right? Why? Dad? Yes. But hey, listen, <laughs> I have been friends with her for 22 years. I would like the scoop of some embarrassing some story on Barkley. So you don't want a happy story? <laughs> well, I'll tell one. Something one I can joke jo- around with her. So Barkley was, you know, she's our one daughter, but. Uh, my dad and I called her Sparkly Barkley because she was effervescent. Says that. And she <laughs> yeah, my license plate says that. She's playing softball 
uh, as a pretty tough competitor. She was a very, very good softball player, but she always had to have the best bow and ribbon in her hair. I know this sounds shocking now. To the extent that her coach called her Boakley. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness! But I I'm going to call that. you that now. Yeah, that's funny. I loved the the joy and the effervescence, uh, the sparkly Barkley uh, that she was in our lives. Embarrassing experiences. <laughs> They're more embarrassing for him than me. Partly. Um, Do you already know what they're going to be? Yes. Oh. I, I don't know. My wife and I yeah, aren't sure if permission. this was first day okay. of kindergarten or first day of first grade. Let's call it first day of kindergarten. I, I took her to school. Uh, at any rate, whatever grade it was, I don't think it was seventh grade. I took her to school. And all the, all the kids and the parents come together in the gym and all the teachers and the faculty are around you. And at a certain point, it comes time for the kids. Say goodbye to your mom and dad, mom or dad, and you follow your teacher to school. I'm out there in the middle of the gym, of course, with all the other parents, and Barkley comes to get her hug. Now she's supposed to turn around and walk away, is the idea. (laughs) She wouldn't do that. And it got a little awkward, embarrassing, until I finally had to start moving away and the teacher is trying to pull her away. She's literally hanging on to my leg. It was kindergarten. It wasn't seventh grade. Let's call it kindergarten. Okay. My recollection, she's hanging on to my leg and to the point I'm starting to drag her across the gym floor. This is ridiculous. I don't even know how to get out of this. That was rather (laughs) embarrassing. Um, A a second one that came immediately to mind, who knows why, third grade, fourth grade, there was a day she didn't want to get onto the bus, which stopped right in front of our our yard. And uh, my opinion (laughs) was, Barkley needs to go to school today. She needs to get on the bus because I'm not going to drive her. And so I start bringing her down the stairs. That says it gently. She starts (laughs) grabbing onto the railing and every spindle. And I release the grip on the spindle, and then she grabs the next one. And I re- she's dragging herself across these spindles until I finally yank her out of the, the stairs and walk her across the lawn. I may have carried her. I don't even know. And put her... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I pushed her in the bus. <laughs> she pushed her into the bus. And brought my hands said, back so the now. door wouldn't <laughs> slam shut, shut on me. There's another story I could tell, too, but I won't. Do you remember um, this? No, not okay. necessarily that. Yeah, but the camp were, one, I remember. These yeah. were difficult. Uh, they were they were hard for us, and it was bizarre because, in 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 one way, Barkley f- um, feels so comfortable mm-hmm. in social settings, and in some cases isn't at all re- reluctant to be the the life of the party, but separation anxiety was a thing. I didn't do all of that. <laughs> yeah. And it may have been but far I'd go more... But I'd run in the middle of the church and go to the stage in the middle of church, but right. I won't go to the school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so go figure. What's up with that? what to do, huh? They may oh, have been I, more I embarrassing for us. I love my mom and dad, us. okay? I didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. It's more embarrassing for him than okay. me because I don't okay. really remember those. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really something. Yeah, there was this mix of personality for her. In fact, her Sunday school teachers referred to her as the white tornado. I've heard this yeah. before. You were Yet. a terror? Yeah, I was a bit of a terror. <laughs> Ask her to get out of the house and go on the bus with the rest of the school kids. Are you kidding? No. I'm dying here. I don't know. And well, I never had any kids that did that to me. Yes, either. all of my kids did that to Hers, me. Hers all did that all to her. All four of them. Really? They yeah. just wow. liked me too much. Wow. That's funny. Mm. Not anymore. Well, mm. Reese still does. Reese still loves you. Yeah. Yeah. I secretly was jealous of it. I, I always wanted a kid that Her didn't want to leave me. Her kids go to Sunday school and my kids are screaming. I'm getting called. They yeah. want you. She had one, all four or all three? All three. We only had three at the time. Three at the time. But all three of her kids were called at church in the church. same In the same really? time. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, wow. it was like... Kept, same yes. service? or Same, same service. Wow. Same with, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. And I never it had... It was awful. I, Blakely went through a little spout in first grade where randomly she got it and I didn't even look at the number thing at church and the lady had to physically come get me because I'm like, I've never looked at it. I've never had a kid called. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a number. <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah. Um, so where can listeners find you if they want oh, to know okay. more about yes. you or so the, what you're doing? The ministry I lead, as I mentioned, is Peregrine Ministries. So it's peregrineministries.org. Peregrine is P-E-R-E. G R I N E mm-hmm. ministries 
www.thepowerofthesoul.org. That's our website, and that's where it can be reached. Awesome. Yep. Right. Or a, a, a quick and easy email for me is glass.craig at gmail.com. Okay. We'll put those all in the show notes. Yeah, we'll so have that. There. All right. How do we wrap things up here, Sammy? Well, so what is some best or worst parenting advice or dealing with legacy, too? Yeah, we could. We have that. Yeah. Uh, the about the best parenting advice we stumbled across was that one I referred to. Allow your kids to experience the natural consequences of their decisions. Of course, the right consequences at the right age. Mm -hmm. You you don't do anything life-threatening or harmful when they're they're kids. They're kind of trusting you not Mm -hmm. to do that. But as kids get older... Uh, you let them experience what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. Here, too, it's tricky because as they get older, their choices and the consequences are much more significant. Mm-hmm. Much more significant. Yes. About drugs. Our or generation has switched to being very protective of very protective. children. So I think and it's important in. and stepping in a lot. Mm-hmm. And so as adults, they're not prepared. Yes. Yeah. It's important to equip them. Yeah. And worst, I would say, worst advice, and this isn't really even um, in the category I would have expected. I can't really remember any advice I heard from somebody who thought that's ridiculous, or now I would look back and say that's ridiculous. I would just say some of the worst advice we can get as parents is from our culture. Mm. The values that our culture lives out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wealth, Mm -hmm. success, Mm -hmm. independence. Independence is fine, but there's an equal value for responsibility and citizenship, looking out for other people. I I resist a lot of the values of our culture these days because they're very self-centered and very Mm self-absorbed. I embrace the values of our culture that are um, uh, other-centered, other-focused. I, uh, Americans are among the most generous people in the world. Uh, that's just uh, a known fact. I embrace that. I like that. So some of the worst advice I would say we can get as parents is automatically assuming and absorbing and agreeing with and passing on the ultimate values of our culture. That's really I was trying to think through what to share, and I was like, I'm going to share something for dads because maybe we'll help dads listening since dad is on. And the biggest thing I could think of was um, coming from a mom perspective. I think a lot of times we will just do it all Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. take it all and act like we can do it all. Mm -hmm. But, um, and maybe to spare him some work or make it easier on him, but just jump in. Maybe don't even ask, like, do you need, like, Mm. just take the initiative and be like, okay, so she's done the dishes every (laughs) night after dinner. Maybe I'll do the dishes tonight. You know, just take initiative and jump in there. That's my advice. Dad, take the challenge. (laughs) That's good advice. (laughs) That's mine for tonight. (laughs) My advice, I think, is for grandparents. I, my grandparents, um, My grandma, her name was May Joanne. I have her middle name, but she, again, like you were talking about your grandmother, she loved us and she encouraged us. And she would tell me, I pray for you every day. I pray for your husband. And she would call out things in me Mm. that, I, I mean, they were so precious to me. And I knew she was a woman who read the Bible over and over and over again. And that legacy that she left me was something I cherish. I have one of her Bibles um, and I have her handwriting in it. And that was one of the best gifts I could ever get because it's, that's our everything. And so it's been neat to see. It's her legacy. It's her legacy. It's living in you. And it's neat because with the cousins, her name is in multiple grandchildren. And it's in me, That's it's cool. in my daughter. It's, you know, so you see Joanne and May in the lineage. Yeah. And so I'm like, there's her fingerprints. It's beautiful. So yeah. for the grandparents, you have such an important role. Mm. Um, Big time. And so mm-hmm. that's my advice. I love it. Thank Neat. you for sharing that. 
All right, podcast friends, um, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing, and if you're feeling extra generous, give us a shout out, a review. We'd love to see who's listening and see who's out there. Um, we would love that. So thank you in advance for that. Follow along with us on our Instagram page at the Chapel Mops After Party. We are proud to be part of the Mops Podcast Network. Um, there is a group of moms who get you, need you, and are here to remind you that you are never alone. So find your mom le- village online or in person at mops.org backslash find a group. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, ladies. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks.